Good afternoon, baseball fans, and welcome to the 72nd episode of Sports Talk with Rags. And with Let's Go Mets Go in the background, that means that we're talking Mets baseball, specifically 1986. And today we have with us one of the members of the 86 team, the catcher, Number 49, Ed Hearn. Ed, how you doing this afternoon? Hey, what do you say, Rags? Doing okay, buddy. Yep, looking forward to just another day, baby. Yes. Uh, hey, certainly uh, certainly appreciate your time. And before we uh, go and talk about the 86 year, let's, uh, let's uh, start there from the beginning here. Uh, I see that you were drafted uh, by the Philadelphia Phillies out of high school. I was. It was 1978, fourth round, and uh, I had to decide between uh, many college opportunities, including what appointments to West Point, Military Academy, and some Ivy League schools, and, uh, you know, just decided to, uh, you know, pursue that dream playing baseball. Right. Yes. And uh, so, uh, let's see. So, once you signed with the Phillies, it was uh, off to uh, Clearwater, right? The home uh, spring training complex of the Phillies was uh, there in Clearwater there in the late 70s. Yes, sir, it was. Uh, I, I spent a lot of time on the west coast of Florida between uh, Clearwater with the Phillies and then with the Mets in St. Petersburg. Yes. Yeah, and uh, I see that uh, see that you were signed, um, let's see, after a few years with the Phillies, then uh, opportunity came during the uh, – off season of uh, 83 to uh, sign with the Mets and uh, you uh, moved up the, moved up the chain there with the Mets starting out with the uh, Carolina league with the uh, Lynchburg, their single A. Yes, sir. Um, you know, with the Phillies, I had had some <clears throat> pretty significant injuries and uh, uh, the Phillies doctor, the surgeon <clears throat> in Philadelphia told the Phillies front office that they, after the injury I had to my ankle that I might not walk again, normal, let alone catch. So I, I was being used in the organization as a DH and first baseman. And so finally there, you know, the off season BD2, I said, look, let's be mad about this. I'm not going to play big in the big leagues as a first baseman DH. I don't hit for 50 home run power. So, um, you know, I, I want to have an opportunity to catch again if I can't. <clears throat> there's a lot of things, other things in life I can do. And, um, you know, the Mets agreed to let me at least catch half time starting there at Lynchburg. And, you know, that was, that was a run of some pretty good, uh, some pretty good times with that. So, uh, you know, uh, I, I've been told that I'm one of the first persons or maybe the only person to win uh, a championship at each level of pro ball at, with the same organization in consecutive years, including world series, 83, 45 and 86. Crazy. Yes. And I did, uh, I did see that, uh, see that stat. That's a good, uh, good trivia question. Um, and, uh, <laughs> you know, I see that double A was, uh, down in the Texas league, um, uh, Jackson, Mississippi, but, uh, but yeah, from Lynchburg to, to Jackson. And then in, uh, 85 here in, uh, here in Norfolk, uh, there at Met Park, uh, with the Tidewater Tides. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, we had some good teams through those days. And, uh, you know, I really enjoyed the, uh, the Tidewater area. 
I had played there with the Phillies in Hampton, Rhode Island, across the bay, and actually uh, learned to sail uh, one of those years during the early 80s and and uh, was uh, sailing a sunfish sailboat over in the uh, the Navy yards around them big ships and all. Got run off a few times. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I work uh, at the uh, Norfolk Naval Shipyard there in downtown Portsmouth, and now the tides have uh, have moved to uh, the downtown Norfolk area, so they've taken the Tidewater name out and um, now known as the as the Norfolk Tides. But then I see in uh, 86, I mean, here you are moving right up the organization, and I see in 86 uh, you started off in, um, in Tidewater, but then – but then, in the middle of May, uh, got the got the call got the call to the uh, big league club. Yes, sir. Uh, Kim, I think early May there, uh, Barry Lyons started broke with backing up Gary Carter, right. <clears throat> and then um, I think I think uh, later <clears throat> we both found out that the plan was to alternate Barry and I back and forth between Tidewater and uh, New York to keep us fresh with some at bats. Um, but, you know, I went in there, and I mean, I was hitting, I mean, I ended up with my very low statistically batting average at 260-something, but I was hitting 320, 330 in that area most of the season until, um, you know, I went, uh, we had, uh, Gary went down with a thumb injury in late August, and, uh, you know, I caught, uh, you know, for two weeks, at, you know, some people, actually, I just got a message from Mex on Facebook, Hernandez, and he asked me how I was doing and all, and he said, man, you were a big cog in that team. I'm like, oh, man, I wasn't anybody. He goes, oh, yeah, when Gary went down, I was worried sick, man. I thought we were going down, and you took over, and two weeks later, we're telling Gary to ice that thumb longer, so, <laughs> and he got mad about that. <laughs> we went like 11 and 3 during those two weeks, so, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the thing is, is, I grew up in a military family, and so we lived in um, New York there from uh, 79 to December of 84. So when I started following baseball, I started following the Mets. And then from uh, in December of 84, we moved down to St. Pete and definitely uh, saw plenty of spring training games and you guys, uh, you guys practicing there in the St. Pete area there in the there in the mid '80s, so uh, you know, yep. definitely, uh, you guys. That '86 team. I mean, uh, not only was it deep one through twenty-five, but then also the uh, the video that uh, that you guys made there. Let's go, let's go video. I know that you you had a part there in the there in the dugout. Number forty-nine shows up. Yeah, well, I mean, you know. Uh... <laughs> That's the least of my um, my abilities. Is I mean I, I'm a pretty humble guy, and I'm really not into all that. Hey, you look at me type thing. But you know, I don't know. I just had fun while we were taping that thing, and I ended up in the in the video quite a few times. So uh, you know, it was all it was all in fun. It was interesting to to go through that taping. Um, you know, we were a bunch of cocky guys. I mean, it was a cocky team. And, uh, you know, we, we made a few teams mad and we had a few fights. And, but, hey, long, in the long run, we ended up uh, 
<clears throat> you know, playing tremendous postseason against the Astros and the Red Sox. And uh, it was one of the best postseasons of all time. And to be a rookie on that team was just a fabulous, fabulous experience. Right, yes. And uh, when you talked about uh, there in uh, August when Gary <laughs> went down and you were the catcher there for uh, two weeks, I mean, it's, uh, you know, the old the old saying of uh, next next man up and it just uh just talks about the depth of the team when the regular uh starter starter goes down and and the and the backups ready to play full time well it was um you know well that just isn't a regular that was a hall of famer going right. down <laughs> and uh you know the yeah the newspapers and teach wasn't the only one worried i'll tell you that after that game gary got hurt i had about 15 or 20 reporters around my locker you know, and the headlines the next day were worst thing that can happen to the Mets. Carter goes down. <clears throat> and I, I mean, I, I remember specifically telling those reporters, look, I'm not going to fill Gary Carter's shoes. Nobody can do that. Nobody can do that. But I'm going to, I'm going to be at her. And from this point forward for the next couple of weeks, whatever it is, this is my team. And I'm just going to do the best that I can to be at her. And if I do that, I think we're going to be okay. As it turned out, we did pretty well. <laughs> yeah, yes, and uh, you know, with uh, winning, winning the East, you know, uh, I mean, uh, there with a uh, pitching staff of uh, of Dwight Gooden and Ron Darling, and you know, um, Sid Fernandez and Bobby Ojeda, and then the then the closer here, uh, you know, on the left side, Jesse Orozco, and then on the right side uh roger mcdowell i mean uh just uh against the astros that was a competitive uh championship series oh competitive to say the least uh, there's no doubt that uh the last game there we went 16 innings right. in the in the astrodome if we had not have won that we would face mike scott for the third time and he would have beat us i mean he uh he was he was doctoring the ball but more importantly, he was in our heads mentally, and our guys were psyched out. I mean, you know, he, the best hitters, Carter and Hernandez, they, they just knew that he was docking the ball, and, you know, it, it wouldn't have been a good result, I don't think. Right, right. And then, uh, you know, going into the World Series, facing the Red Sox, you just uh, beat, the, beat the Angels, you know, uh, there in the ALCS. You know, the Red Sox went up uh, – two games but then uh but then the Mets uh won two out of three at, at Fenway to force uh the series to go back to Shea there for uh for games uh six and turned out to be game seven. Yes, uh you know when uh I think those first two games at Shea I, both teams actually I think were a little um, lethargic yeah. from going through just a tremendous uh, intensely challenging uh, playoffs. I mean, Boston came from behind. You know, California had him on the ropes, and Donnie Moore gave up the home run to Hernandez or Henderson. And you know, that was just brutally, brutally tough. Both playoff situations. So I think we were both kind of uh, just. It was just not the same intensity. Uh, I remember standing in the outfield uh, before Game Two. And I was talking to Jim Rice, and I said, Jimmy, does it feel like you know, World Series to you guys, or is it just us, or 
me. And he goes, nah, man, it's, it's weird. It's just not, you know, maybe coming off those, cha- you know, the situation we had around the playoffs. I said, well, it does feel kind of that way. But, you know, we went to Boston. We're down two games to none. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I think uh, Davey Johnson did, Keith Hernandez, they talked about it on the plane, was uh, Davey, we got to Boston. He said, hey, we're not going to the ballpark. No band practice, no media day. <laughs> well, that fired up a few people. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they weren't happy that we weren't there. But uh, I think that was a great move. And I think it was a move that kind of jump-started us and, um, you know, said, hey, we don't need to go there. We're good enough. We'll come, we'll come out tomorrow, game three, and we'll show you what we got. Right. Yeah. And it worked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then, uh, you know, uh, game – Game six, I mean, uh, you know, before the uh, the play that everybody everybody talks about, I mean, uh, Howard Johnson uh, talked about when he was on my podcast uh, about a week a week and a half ago, he, he talked about how uh, a vital part was uh, Gary Carter, you know, starting that rally and walking up and down the dugout saying that he wasn't going to be the – he wasn't going to be the last out of the World Series. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it came to that, right? Yeah. Uh, two outs, two strikes on three or four different hitters. Right. Uh, it, it was um, it was it was crazy to turn around that that took place. Uh, just when I, I was sitting on top of the uh, dugout steps down by the camera bay, kind of facing back toward home plate. So I could see the fans behind home plate. And back then they would put the, the families there on the left side, the Mets, and on the right, the Red Sox. Those Red Sox gals and family were going nuts. And the Mets family and, and wives and girlfriends were like at a funeral. Yeah. And just within a matter of two minutes, total things just totally changed. It was amazing to see that. Besides the intensity of the game, the change everything there, but off the field, I got a view of seeing, you know, our closest fans, our families, and how that changed dramatically. It was incredible. Right. Yes. And then, uh, and then Game Seven, you know, uh, Ray Knight hitting a hitting a pivotal pivotal home run there to give the Mets the lead, and and then uh, Jesse Orozco uh, striking out Marty Barrett. To close out, close out the World Series and make the uh, make the Mets uh, the '86 uh, World Series champs. It was good time, good time. Uh, I think one of my greatest memories from that year was, uh, of all things, uh, the next day. Yeah. Um, a lot was written about our team. Of course, Dwight Gooden didn't make it. You know, for reasons that we. We, we understand now, but um, I'll never forget the ride from Shea Stadium on the buses down to the lower Manhattan district where he started the ticker tape parade. Right. Uh, New York is a crazy busy place. Yes. Just the highways are always packed, no matter what time of day it is. But on this day, when we started that caravan with the police escort, there was no one on the, on the expressways all the way down to the city. And the the entrance ramps were blocked and people on top of their cars chanting, let's go Mets, let's go Mets. You know, you see the, you see the construction worker up 
15, 20 floors hanging out a window. Just going, let's go, Mets. It's just nuts. I, I get chills today just thinking about, you know, the ride to that ticket tape parade was, it's just a rude, it wasn't a rude awakening, it was a fantastic awakening, but man, it, get, it just it stuck with me here 35 years later. Um, it still gives me chills, that, that ride down there. And then, of course, that ticker tape parade was phenomenal. Um, biggest ticker tape parade, in, you know, since World War II. Right. Um, you know, and it was a good time to be a Met. Right. Yes. And uh, my dad and I uh, went to the uh, 20th um, anniversary there in 06. And then, and then my wife and I went to the uh, 30th. Uh, anniversary there in 2016. Have you uh, have you have you gone back uh, when the when the team is uh, celebrating a big uh, anniversary? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's been yeah. it's been really wonderful. And and you know, of course, the sad thing is the Mets haven't won since then. Right, right. Uh, but that '86 team is 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 beloved. Incredibly so. I mean, the Mets have only won two World Series. And, um, you know, I was hoping this year, I still am hoping the Mets can come back. But with all these injuries, it's been a real challenge. But, uh, um, you know, the New York Mets fans have just, they've been through so much with this team. Right. And uh, they celebrated and partied from when we won 86. They still do whatever we're there. Right, and, uh, it, it's just fun to be a part of all that, and I'm just blessed to have had the opportunity to, to be involved. And in, uh, that one year in New York was just wonderful. Right. Yes, and uh, and with with that video, my dad uh, got the video as a as a Christmas gift there back in uh, December of '86, and then he he gave it to me. You know, he said, "Hey, you're the true Met fan in our family." And so, uh, so with living in the Norfolk area, I know that uh, Howard Johnson was a coach there with the Tides, and Wally Backman has been a has been a manager at the AAA level, you know. So, uh, and Daryl Strawberry's come to Virginia Beach to talk a few times. So, on the front cover of the uh, of the video, I get uh, wherever an '86 Met is. Uh, possibly going to be at i i get them to to sign the cover here the here over the last uh 15 20 years nice nice so. yep well it's been uh I, i've been back to north a few times i've i've been fortunate that after my career took a, a rough turn for the worse after my career shoulder injury and i'm out of the game and i had three kidney transplants and all that stuff but i began to have the opportunity to travel around the country speaking as well and, uh, you know, I've been back to Norfolk area a few times, and uh, I always enjoy going back to Norfolk. Uh, good memories there, uh, you know, being roommates with former Red Sox closer Calvin Sheraldi, uh, Kevin Mitchell, yeah. Billy Bean. It's just a lot of good good folks and good memories in the Tidewood area. Right, yes. And uh, let's see. So, you know, here you are, a, a rookie here with the Mets, you win the World Series, and then um, I know that uh, after uh, after the '86 uh, season, then then you go to the the Kansas City Royals there in um, there in '87 and and play play for a couple of years. 
Well, I, I, I went there. I don't can't claim that I played right. a couple of years because actually I got hurt two weeks in the season. Right. And, uh, you know, and end up, you know, today I'm kind of known as a work grade in world history uh, because, you know, the Mets, uh, Mets were smart enough to get David Cohn out of the Royals for me, basically in that trade. And, uh, you know, David will have a great career. And, uh, you know, I was brought in there to kind of bring that team back to the to the World Series that they won 85. Had a great pitching staff with Sabre Hagen, Buddy Black, Mark Gubza. I mean, uh, at least as talented as the Mets staff there in 86. And so uh, the Royals, you know, wanted me to be a part of the, that comeback. And uh, I was kind of like looked at as a key ingredient to bringing that team back. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, that was not in – in the plans for me, and uh, I got hurt, had reconstructive surgery, and battled to come back for a couple of years, but, you know, it wasn't to be. And um, less than a year out of the game, I was diagnosed with three very serious health problems and, and had been on a crazy journey the last 30, 30, 35 years. Oh, wow. Well, uh, hey, I certainly uh, certainly appreciate your your time to, to come on. and. Um, as as we wrap up, I see there in the in the background you um, yeah there in the that office area. I see you got a, a deer head. So uh, you big into the outdoors? You know, it, 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 I, I have been. I grew up on the east coast of Florida fishing, and when I came out to Kansas City, I um, uh, found out that the fish. We're like bait fish in Florida out here. So I went and got me a couple of guns and right. became an out hunter. And, uh, yeah. you know, uh, we, you know, we, we started a nonprofit out here called the bottom of the night where character counts and, and that billboard or that sign behind the, the buck there is uh, a poster of, uh, the bottom of the night where character counts is the nonprofit. And we've been operating since 1999 um, uh, and, um, Part, part of that, uh, one of the project areas is the character of the great outdoors, okay. which includes taking people out in the outdoors that don't get a chance to go hunting, fishing, uh, just enjoying the outdoors. And there's a lot of people that, you know, that, that you know, veterans, uh, challenge kids and adults, we get them out there and uh, we get them unplugged off the digital world. Right. Say. And uh, we get them out in God's great outdoors and uh, we've had a lot of fun with that. Yes, I know that. Uh, I know that my wife and I we we have uh, some friends that are uh, big time into the into the outdoors, you know. And uh, let's see, I've uh, been out to their been out to their property a couple of uh, a couple of times. But uh, but yeah, I you know uh, I appreciate uh, your time and. Um, uh, the the link that you sent me to uh, that uh, that's that said a little bit uh, a little bit more on what you've been um, uh, doing um, after uh, after baseball and what you've been uh, battling. So uh, appreciate your time uh, coming on here, Ed. Well, no problem at all. You know, I <clears throat> oh probably fifteen years ago or so. Uh, back, I got came off the stage speaking somewhere. I can't remember it was a little old fellow, older gentleman came up to me and said, "Man, you Ed, you have been from the penthouse to the outhouse and back." And I was like, "Wow, oh yeah, well you're right." And uh, 
I, and I've, I've always kept that in mind as, as my life has, you know, uh, you know, turned out to be some challenges. But it also, you know, I take 30 or 40 pills a day. I have for 30 years now. But the best pill I can take, the best medication for it hurt is having the opportunity to be in front of people, uh, sharing my life and sharing some of the nuggets that allow me to, to come back through all the, the, the outhouse. The, I mean, the, the fertilizer that's in the outhouse. Right. I tell people it's not at the penthouse of your life. It's not the world series of your life where you're going to grow. It's in the outhouse. Right. You know, that's, where, that's where the poop is, the fertilizer. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I just uh, try to encourage people to keep swinging. Right. So, um, so I have to walk that talk as well. And so I am, and I appreciate having the opportunity to be on here, Rags. Oh, sure. Sure. No problem. And, uh, all right. Well, Hey, that's, uh, that's a wrap here is, uh, today we had, uh, number, uh, 49 from the, uh, 86 Mets team, uh, Ed Hearn. Be on, be on with us and talk about his uh, baseball career and also talk about uh, it, um, his nonprofit uh, organization. And uh, so uh, appreciate uh, appreciate your time, and thanks again. You bet, man. Keep swinging, Rags. Okay. All right. Thanks. And uh, well, uh, that's a wrap. And, and yes, whatever your uh, – Whatever you're battling, whoever's listening out there, keep on, keep on swinging here with the here with the game of life. You bet. All right.